Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. I'm Kaylin, your host. I like to sit here and chill, just like as if this was a virtual cafe and you could tune in and hang out with your sisterly friend and talk about a wide range of things from emotions to personal development to spirituality. And today we're gonna to be talking about nostalgia. I am currently drinking a kombucha instead of a coffee. I just had a coffee because I also filmed a coffee chill session, which is like a new series I'm doing on the Kaylin's Coffee Talk YouTube channel. So if you're listening to the audio, be sure to check Kaylin's Coffee Talk out on YouTube because I do sister content to this content. And instead of talking, we chill. And this week is super true sister content because it's a nostalgia music session where we literally hang out for like 30 plus minutes, listen to old throwback songs, and I embarrass myself dancing and you can just play it, get ready to it. Or if you just wanna, you know, dive into that feeling of nostalgia but not do it alone, but not talk about it either, I got you, that's coming. If it's not uploaded already, it's coming in the next few days. Today though, I wanna sit and chat about the feeling of nostalgia. This topic was a request and I feel like it was an interesting one to come up with talking points to because I feel like it's such a common emotion, but it's a hard emotion to tangibly capture, to express, you know? It's that feeling in the pit of your stomach. It's that sense memory of things that have been long past or long gone, but we still go to them often. Sometimes we seek comfort in nostalgia. Sometimes nostalgia makes us feel uncomfortable with how quick or how fast the passing of time goes. There's so many ways and so many angles to look at nostalgia from, and we're gonna try and look at them or look at it from as many as we can today. But it's a bittersweet feeling that's often triggered by past experiences, past memories. A lot of the times, smell, let me know if this is relatable to you. Scent is said to be one of the easiest triggers to our memories as human beings. Like out of all of the senses, it's the strongest one linked to memory. So I definitely find that there are certain scents that give me a weird, again, tingly butterfly feeling in my stomach. For instance, just this weekend, I bought a candle that smells a lot like Ryan's parents' house and reminds me a lot of Ryan's mom. And instantly it brought me a sense of comfort. I also have a candle that's actually in the closet in here of my studio office that I've had this candle since I lived with my dad in his condo. It was 2013, so 10 years ago now. And there's just a little bit of this Yankee candle left. I'm pretty sure it's called soft petals or soft pink petals or something like that. I refuse to burn it. And sometimes I'll smell it whenever I just wanna have that comfort of that time or that chapter of my life where it was just me and my dad living in his condo. My YouTube career was like just, I mean, just taking its first baby steps off the ground and it's such a comforting time to revisit and when I smell that candle, it instantly brings me back there. At the same time, it can also bring back feelings of sadness, feelings of knowing that you can never go back to these places again, knowing that those memories are made or formed and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. And so it can often leave us longing for this feeling that, or this experience that can no longer be captured no matter how hard we try. Or even sometimes when we do go back and revisit these places, it just isn't the same. When we're younger, especially when we're kids, everything seems so, you know, like magical in a way. And an example of this is when I grew up, I spent a lot of time at my Nana's and Papa's house and their backyard felt like a jungle to me. It felt huge, it felt never ending. I remember exploring it all of the time. At one point it was Africa and there were safari animals everywhere. At other points it was mountains and I was camping. Like it could be anything. It was like an open palette that never ended. And then when I was in grade 12, so I would have been 18, yeah, 18 at the time, a friend of mine, 
we went back to my Nana and Papa's old house and I creeped into the backyard. Please don't ever do this. I'm not telling anybody to trespass, but I did. I creeped into the backyard and I felt so weird and kind of let down when I saw what it looked like. It was almost better to leave it as a memory in my mind because seeing it in person, one, it seemed so much smaller than I remember. And two, it just like, it was missing the magical appeal I remembered it having as a kid. Just solely to get some conversation rolling, what brings you the biggest sense of nostalgia? Like when you think of the word nostalgia, what comes to your mind? I'll give you mine. I go back to this like fuzzy, grainy 90s version, you know? I remember box television, watching certain shows, like I was a Barney kid. I definitely liked Barney growing up. I remember liking Caillou growing up. All-time favorite movies growing up were Lion King and Pocahontas. The tree in Pocahontas, the, it was like a woman or an old lady's face and that Pocahontas would speak to the tree and the tree would give her wisdom. And that whole experience as a kid made me believe that I could talk and listen and feel the wisdom of trees. And weirdly enough, it's something I still in a way energetically believe to this day. VHS tapes, uh, CD players, putting on a CD, burning a CD, CD Walkmans on old desktop computers, putting a blank CD in and burning a CD with all your favorite songs and then shuffling it. Uh, Britney Spears was one of my all-time favorites, also was a Backstreet Boys fan. Little bit of NSYNC, light up shoes, going to elementary school with brand new shoes that when you would step, they would light up. Pencil boxes, desks, backpacks, lunch pails, the smell of a lunch pail. Do you know that, that what I'm talking about? It's like silver on the inside and when your parents would wipe down your lunch pail, just the smell of the inside of your lunch pail, hopefully a good smell. So many things like that. My elementary school even, like playgrounds. What brings you nostalgia? I'm curious to know. Honoring your nostalgia, I feel like, is the best thing to do, not only for allowing the feeling to rise and then flow through you so it doesn't stay stuffed down inside, but I think also to honoring your nostalgia in a way is reconnecting to and honoring your inner child. I think this is especially important and a really, or can be a really wonderful practice for anybody that wants to learn ways to reconnect to the inner child or your inner child. You went through some hard times as a child, this can be a really hard process, but a lot of the times there's some nuance to the experiences we have. And when we only remember the bad, it can sometimes overshadow the good. So going back to the inner child, whether or not you had hard experiences growing up and reconnecting with them by honoring your nostalgia and even you know, re-experiencing nostalgic experiences or recreating nostalgic experiences in your today's age, in the age that you are now, in the present day. An example of this, just over the weekend, I hosted a Taylor Swift era's hangout for anybody that wasn't able to go to the concert or to anybody that is going to the concert but still just wanted to chill with a bunch of people that love Taylor Swift. And I bought all of the materials to make bracelets. I couldn't do it during the stream because I couldn't get it to not. There was something about it that even though part of my brain was like, this is so silly. I'm 29 years old making a friendship bracelet with beads and letters. At the same time, it weirdly connected me to my inner child. I felt like I was playing again. And I remember loving making things like bracelets or like if anybody remembers GIMP, I used to make GIMP back in the day, any kind of crafty thing like that. And it's not something I'm going to wear every day, but who cares? There's something fun about it. And that in a way felt like honoring my younger self and just like hanging out with my younger self in a weird way. It's obviously you are you, but that version of you, that younger you is still inside of you. And when you do little things like that, it's almost like you're going back in time and hanging out with that version of you, which to me, I feel like can be really healing because I didn't have a lot of that growing up. I would have loved to have someone like myself now, as weird as that sounds, 
hang out with me back then and make bracelets. So it's like doing it now is giving back then me what I didn't have then, but bringing it forward to today. That little girl that's still inside of me, it's making her happy. So it's like making me happy. Does that make sense? I mean, I've done full coffee talks on inner child work. So if you wanna dive into that, feel free. But I definitely feel like honoring your nostalgia, making space for the feeling, and maybe even creating an experience where you're doing something that feels nostalgic, but in a happy way, is the best way to honor it. Nostalgia is such a normal and common experience that we all feel. There's this sense of always longing for the past, always, I mean, again, this is so nuanced because all of us have different experiences. Sometimes the past can seem overshadowed by the bad, but also sometimes we can want to escape into the past or feel a longing sense for the past because it's almost got this golden appeal to it that the present day doesn't. And again, it can be for two reasons. One, we only see the bad that happened back then, but we can just as easily only ever see the good that happened back then. We might forget what it was like to be seven years old and be told what to do and have no sense of authority or freedom over your time and what you decided to do. You're seven years old, your parents are still making a lot of your decisions, but there can also be something really freeing and Again, depending on your experience, something can feel really safe about that, that you didn't have any care in the world, that you didn't have worries or stress or bills or things that you needed to figure out. The world was as complicated as what you were gonna do or who you were gonna hang out with after school or on a Saturday. If you wanted like another tangible practice you could take away from this feeling, if you don't wanna make bracelets or like watch an old movie that you loved or create a nostalgic experience of hanging out with yourself, journaling is another great way to work with this. And I feel like even kind of like channeling that nostalgia into art. Everything we do is creative. Everything we're constantly doing is creating the moment around us. So if you can take that feeling and honor it and process it by writing it out, like what is causing me to feel nostalgic? Why am I longing for this specific time in my life? I think this can be very thought provoking, even when you think to a specific time that constantly pops up for you, a specific house you lived in, a specific person or time or place or experience you had. If that is something that is constantly the go-to place for you, like it's worth sitting and asking yourself why, what was it about that time? I can think back to being about seven or eight and this was right before I would say puberty started for me. I mean, puberty can be a multi-year process and it definitely was for me, but I remember being like seven to eight years old and just loving being outside and having this, this sense of freedom, but also feeling creative, feeling girly, but in a good way when I was younger, like not feeling, I think that weirdly enough, I'm like processing this as I say it, but I feel like after seven to eight, as you start to climb into like nine, 10, 11, 12, especially after 10, feeling girly per se, which I was definitely more of a girly girl, it changed as soon as I hit puberty and it almost felt like something that didn't feel safe anymore or something that would be made fun of. And that's super interesting for two reasons, not feeling safe because I think for me, as soon as I hit puberty, I did sense a shift in the type of attention I would get and not good attention for a little girl. And again, I'm gonna keep segueing off of my own conversation, but if anybody's on Reddit, this was a really interesting Reddit forum I fell down the other day of someone asking like, when as a woman did you feel that you got hit on the most? And it was actually appalling how many people agreed that it was anywhere between like 12 to 16, which is so sad. Like it takes that youthfulness, that innocence away from being little but also too, uh, feeling mocked for being girly. You know, you kind of want to like be cool. For a long time, little boys, little girls, all kids in general, don't really see these differences and they all just get to hang out. Not, that's kind of a general, you know, 
blanket statement. That's not always true, but that's how I felt growing up. I felt like I could play sports if I wanted to, but I could also go play with dolls if I wanted to, and it didn't really matter. And then as soon as I, again, crept into those early stages of puberty, boys start making fun of girls and poking fun of girls. And so I went into kind of this like reverse stage where I tried to be a bit more of a tomboy at that time because it just didn't feel safe to be me anymore at that time. So I feel like that's always why I go back to six, seven, eight. Cause so that was the last time I remember feeling a sense of freedom, a sense of creativity, a sense of just open awe and curiosity about all the things that intrigued me without ever feeling like I would be made fun of her like it was unsafe to do those things or be those things. So again, even just thinking that process out or writing that process out or honoring that truth and honoring that little version of me that maybe didn't have the guidance through that experience of like all of a sudden it doesn't feel safe to be you anymore or safe to be or express yourself freely anymore or your body's changing. Like there's a lot of really, I mean, not to be corny, but definitely beautiful work I could do there by going back and really writing out or talking to myself, writing a letter to myself, just sitting or meditating on that feeling, going back and visiting myself in my mind's eye at that time and guiding her. And in a way, I mean, you can't change the past, but you can fill in the gaps of what you didn't get. And that to me is honoring that feeling. That to me is a healthy way of dealing with that feeling of nostalgia, which leads me to the other way. And it's completely different from going to the past and honoring it. It's actually allowing yourself to fully reconnect and ground yourself back into the present. This way of dealing with this feeling is probably gonna be the healthiest for anybody that feels like that feeling of nostalgia is almost overtaking. It goes past honoring it, it goes past feeling like it's a good feeling and it almost takes over your life. It takes over your present moment where all you do is long for the past. You cherish the happy memories. You allow it to be a truth. You allow yourself to make space for that feeling of nostalgia, but you make space for it in the present and you do grounding exercises to bring you back to the present. One of the best ways I find to do this and to basically wrap your head around this practice is just as much as you here today in this present moment are longing for the past, there could very well be, depending on what you believe in in terms of timelines, a future version of you that's longing for today, a future version of you 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line. And when you look at it that way, all of a sudden you realize that this moment right here will eventually be the nostalgia you look for in the future. So you wanna be able to ground into it, still honor who you were, still honor that there was a past that you will still probably long for then too. But doing a grounding exercise to allow yourself to really blossom and bloom into the present gives you the ability to again, make strong experiences, strong memories, strong connection to the present that you will then feel like you can honor again in the future, or you will never look back and think like, I missed my whole life looking backwards. You know, I was standing right where I was and I was enjoying right where I was. There are so many different ways to do grounding activities. One of my favorites is quite literally grounding into my feet, taking my shoes and socks off, standing firmly barefoot outside in the grass. That again, I feel it can connect me to my younger self too, having loved nature and being outside growing up. And you know, when you're younger, you don't think about if your feet get dirty or you don't care, you just like run around outside and you get dirty, you get muddy and you just like, that's life, that's living to me. So reconnecting with that, getting my bare feet into the ground definitely helps with grounding. I think also too, anything that pulls me into a creative space in the present or into a curious space in the present. Honoring your creativity is another great way to ground yourself into the present. You can take that feeling and create with it. You can paint with it. You can 
create a full experience of watching a throwback movie or hang out with your siblings or just like, you know, create a memory, create an experience, create art, create words, whatever it is. But creation is definitely one of the best ways to tie yourself back to the present moment. Obviously, the other side of nostalgia can come with feelings of loneliness, can come with feelings of sadness or isolation. So I think that too, it's worth noting that when you get into these feelings, if you have siblings or if you have childhood friends or family that you can talk about these things to, you don't have to go to them and be like, oh, I'm feeling nostalgic and sad. Like, can you sit with this feeling with me? But you can just spark up in a conversation. You know, if you have a group chat with your family, send a picture of everybody from the past just to get that conversation rolling. It can be really cathartic to feel these things with other people to use it as a source of connection with others, especially people that you've built memories with that you were in those past nostalgic times with. So that's a really good way to deal with it too. And, and lastly, another way that you can healthily feel or work through this feeling of nostalgia is to use it as inspiration, giving yourself the permission to come back to the present and to use the present to change your life in some way. Cause it could be, and again, I don't know unless I'm on a one-to-one -one basis why anybody might be feeling nostalgic, but I know that for my experience, whenever I've been really longing for past experiences, it's because to me, there's something I thought was better about my life then than there is now. But the thing is, it's a very lack mindset. It's a very scarce mindset when in all reality, we're constantly in a full state of abundance if we can open ourselves up to it. So if you let that feeling of nostalgia actually propel you to change or make some sort of changes, positive changes in your life today, to take life by the reins and make small changes to big changes that make you feel inspired, that feel fun, that feel fresh and new, you might open up a whole new pocket of life that again, one day you might look back on and be like, damn, that was so fun. I was so inspired. I was so ready to just try something new, to change things, to change your hair, change your style, change your hobbies, read a new book, watch a new style of movie, a new genre, even make new relationships or make new friends, whatever it is. It could also be something like travel somewhere new, to do something totally different that your younger self would think was the coolest thing ever. And then again, bring that younger self with you or go back and spend some time with a loving family member, someone that might be aging or getting older, whatever it is, just finding a way to feel like you are adding some freshness to your life if you catch yourself constantly longing for the past. You can do a lot with that energy here and now in the present. It's not always such a singular experience that we feel nostalgia just specifically for our childhoods, but sometimes we feel nostalgia in the face of present day circumstances. Like I know that there's been a lot that's happened in the world the last little bit and it can make the world or make life or make the future trajectory of the human species or of our planet or society at large feel daunting. And so again, that can cause us to be like, ah, looking forward, stunt ourselves in the present and shift our focus to the past and think, God, times were so much better then. Even just recently, I posted saying, give me your unfiltered thoughts on social media. And a lot of people are saying like, social media, it made everything worse. Yeah, there's some perks about it, but it's made everything worse. So we might even go back in time and feel nostalgic for a time where social media didn't exist or technology wasn't as advanced or advancing as fast as it is as it is, or, you know, society at large wasn't struggling with the things we're struggling with today. But then again, there were always problems. It's just that sometimes we filter them out when we're looking through the past or going backwards and there's always solutions. I think I brought this up a couple coffee talks ago, but I feel like it's worth saying again that no matter who you are, what age you are or what you're doing here on the planet at this time. And if you feel like there are too many problems and it's too daunting to think of the way forward, there have always been problems whenever anyone has had to look 
forward. And as long as there are problems, there are still lots of room, lots of things to do, and lots of solutions to be found. We all still have lots of opportunity to create purpose for ourselves. If you can wrap almost like your head around the idea that what is out of control deserves to be out of your mind. It deserves to be, you deserve to have peace of mind with things that you will never be able to control. And when you look at the world collectively, it can garner up that feeling of like, oh my gosh, anxiety. I have no way of stopping this from happening or if that happens. But these are all what ifs. And unless it's happening right here, right now in the present moment, and unless you really focus on what you can actually do in the bubble that you have, even though it does ripple out into the tapestry of the collective, there's always room for solution. There's always room for more purpose. If you feel scared of something, a lot of the times it's actually worth pivoting your focus to the things that scare us the most and not to overwhelm ourselves to make it so that we stunt ourselves with fear, you know, like into fight, flight, freeze, flop, whatever you want to call it, fawn, but instead to use it as a sense of courage. Like the obstacle is the way is basically what I'm getting at here. If anybody knows Ryan Holiday, but the things that are scaring us the most about the future, instead of making them put us into a state of fear that we lock ourselves or anchor ourselves into just focusing on the past and kind of romanticizing the past a little bit. Instead, try and find a way to romanticize the courage it takes to stare down your fears and find that sense of inner courage that we all have. Whether it's laying dormant or it's blocked somewhere, you can work on that, that's a great purpose. But use this as an opportunity to stare down your fears of the future, to stare down the things that are scaring you and charge straight towards them. Because, I mean, balance it out again with those happy moments of like making bracelets and hanging out with your inner child, but don't be afraid to take the things that are freaking you out about the future and use them as your purpose to grow stronger, be more courageous and use it to find solutions and use it to take the little bit, the tiny circle of opportunity, the tiny circle of control that we do have and create a rippling lasting effect and the change that you want to see in the things that scare you about the future. And that's my thought spiral of the day and my motivational aspect of this conversation. So let me know what makes you feel nostalgic, what time in your life or time in the planet or the world do you go back to? Do you ever go back to times that you actually weren't even existing in? This is how I felt when I watched Outlander. I all of a sudden wanted to go back to like the 1800s and wear big giant dresses and again just completely tune out how much women were treated like crap during that time and go find a Scottish lover. Let me know what do you get nostalgic over? How do you deal with that feeling? And if you have any other thoughts on the topic, please come over to YouTube and leave it down below. Start the conversation, keep the conversation rolling, answer somebody else that gave you a thought-provoking point that I maybe didn't give you. And I will chat with you guys all next week. Bye guys. Bye.